Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. It's been quite an interesting week in professional wrestling, hasn't it? Interesting rumble with no fans. Good stuff on AEW. Interesting appearances on NXT. Um, Yeah, wrestling's pretty good at the moment. Yeah, I absolutely loved the rumble. Real load of fun. Um, nice to see some new talent being put over <laughs> over at least one of the rumbles. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, you know, Edge has been gone what eleven years, sure. so he's technically new. Yeah, I, I don't really have a big problem with Edge going over. I think it was a fun, nostalgic, awesome moment. I just I worry about his um, longevity in this scene and whether WWE uh, do need to put some new people over. But they did with Bianca Belair. That was a really awesome moment. Like. With a tear in my eye, to quote a great champion. I do wonder, I know the um, the online chatter is that Edge pitched it, and I wonder if originally they thought Keith Lee. Maybe. But obviously Keith, Keith Lee was unable to attend the Rumble mm. due to one would assume association with Mia Yim and she's currently isolating because of COVID. So I wonder if that gave Edge the opportunity to pitch and go, well, if we haven't got a winner, I'm available. Yeah, absolutely. Who do you think, which champion do you think he'll go up against? Oh, Reigns. Because they're going to go, they've got to build Sheamus Drew for one of the main events. I think wouldn't it be typical WWE to try and turn Edge heel against Drew right now? (laughs) Can you imagine? But but I wonder... If they're doing a two-night mania, if they'll let Sasha and Bianca headline a mania. That'd be fun. That'd be really, really fun. Unless they Plus take the 25,000 fans. <laughs> Is that what they're aiming for now? I don't even know. Because the Super Bowl this weekend, they're going for 20,000 fans. So obviously WWE is going to try and top that. And let's if go they Brady. any sense... Let's go Team Brady. <laughs> Let's go sports. <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy watching the Super Bowl, but I'm absolutely shattered this week from stand up for the Rumble. Uh, we're recording a day late because I had um, an online meeting with my new work colleagues as of the end of March, but I wanted to dip in and you know meet them as well. So I'm absolutely exhausted. I keep looking at it going, hmm, what time does the coverage of the Super Bowl start? Half past 11 at night? And that's only <laughs> when the coverage starts. And then... The thing is, normally with Super Bowl, if I wasn't trying to, again, go back onto cutting weight and I'd, I'd sit there and go, well, that's fine because that's like six hours. So I'll have a bag of Maltesers at hour one. I'll have some Pringles at hour two, <laughs> some Pepsi at hour three and like pace it out with snacks. But okay, if I'm not going to be able to eat snacks, if it's a case of I'll have a handful of grapes at hour one and I'll have six cashew nuts at hour two, it's like, what's the fucking point? Nah, dude, get yourself a microwavable pizza and a bag of Maltesers and just go to town. Trust me, it's the way to go. Yeah, but what am I going to do for hours two to six? <laughs> you repeat the protest. Don't you understand this? <laughs> and, and also, from a, from a, as we're semi-talking about food, I always had quite an interesting uh, week as uh, mine and Coach Wicked's food podcast first episode dropped uh, Ooh, put yesterday. It put it lunchtime. over, sir. Put it over. Um, we are, me and Coach Wicked are doing a food podcast called That Food Podcast, uh, available on all your favourite uh podcast apps other than google at the moment because they're taking ages to uh authorize it and uh amazon but you know like we had with this pod it took 
couple of weeks for certain pod providers to do it and it's I'm just sure nice your boy relaxed... you know your professional podcasting buddy over here can help you out a little bit if you need it mate so give me a shout <laughs> i know I, I know a guy <laughs> he's you really do. good at what he does yeah i do it for a living now don't you know it's crazy. exactly he you are the man and on that subject as well you know not uh, this podcast. another <laughs> <laughs> imagine um and, and also um thank you to everyone who's bought hoodies We've seen lots of people share it on social media um, at World of Breast Pod. All of our wonderful murder clown hoodies have been flying off the shelves like hotcakes. It's good to see people share those. So thank you very much for supporting the pod. Yeah, who thought? I honestly thought maybe like one or two people would pick up the hoodies, but like <laughs> we've sold so many. It's ridiculous. I think it didn't hurt that like the boys at WrestleTalk have mentioned our pod on a few different streams now. And so I think people are kind of steadily kind of like flooding in i keep seeing the numbers going up and i'm like oh this is weird <laughs> don't like being this popular i'm not used to it tax they're only here for the merch mm. <laughs> i mean it's fucking good merch you can get your own over at amazon.co.uk just search world of wrestling podcast hoodie or t-shirt and you'll find the stuff you can also find all the links over at world of wrestling podcast.com look at me i'm a professional yeah boy <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 almost like you've now been immersed in the wrestle talk culture too much that you've learned to shill. This yeah. is awesome. Yeah, but I always say cool people fucking cunts in our podcast all the time, so I don't think so. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, you'll notice that food podcast doesn't have the little e next to it because we won't have such, the only blue we'll have on our podcast will be cheese. Disgusting behavior. But yeah, I'm looking uh, forward to uh, listening to it, man. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed your pie clubs bit. So you know, we'll see what happens, eh? But you know, something we don't enjoy. Mm. TNA Impact Wrestling. You chose this, remember? <laughs> you chose this path. <laughs> I'm having the best time watching this. Um, just to quickly throw out there, the Forbidden Door has been opened this week. Kenta on AEW. Oh, oh! I almost covered my fucking monitor, mate. It was beautiful. <laughs> was that because he had his like J-pop highlights in his hair oh, now? Oh, oh. I had a moment. <laughs> I was just like, oh, it's a contracted New Japan wrestler in an AEW ring. It's fucking happening. And look how hot he looks. <laughs> oh, it's great time. Even, even having Kenta turn up on AEW, the, the fan feedback for that, considering how much of a shit show they made of him in NXT, and I know he had injuries, but imagine they just actually learned how to use talent because Kenta's phenomenal he's so mm. good it took him and like two three years to get back to where he is now because of what happened with wwe i swear to god he was terrible when he went to new japan he's got so much better holy shit is he good right now and when you look at dynamite uh last night when you've got talent aw talent impact talent nwa talent and now new japan talent all mm. on the same card man tony khan I, I listened to his pod with Jericho when I was uh, being upper middle class and building uh, raised beds in my garden for my vegetable patch. Delightful. <laughs> and I was just listening to him. And it, this is what happens when you've got someone who is so astute at business, but also a nice, normal human being who actually interacts <laughs> with what the people want. It's revolutionary, mate. really is. It's the best. I can't bloody I wait. It. Yeah, I can't but, wait. But it does mean, genuinely, when fans get back in those stadiums and back in those arenas at the end of this year, mm. they're going to sell out. I mean, show for show, per Tony Khan on Jericho's podcast, 
they did better gates than any wrestling promotion did in 2020 pre-pandemic. Mm, interesting. Cool. That should be a worry for WWE with their touring brand. But I say it should be a worry for WWE as Scrooge McMahon swims through his vault full of money like Scrooge McDuck does. I've just sold the network for a billion dollars. And don't worry, yeah. I don't even have to worry about hosting the fucking thing anymore. La 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 la. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, Vince takes a couple of weeks off because his brother died. Like, genuinely, that is a sad thing that I'm not mocking that at all. But then Vince is away for, you know, a couple of weeks and suddenly still loads of good shit starts to happen. Dodo E, you know, and Bianca Belair winning the Rumble and stuff. Like, I'm sure Vince approved it and everything, but the way they got there, God damn, it was fun. That Rumble was awesome, man. Like, I can't wait to have AEW flying with this New Japan Bullet Club stuff at the top and then have WWE flying with like Triple H booking it, hopefully, is what it seems to be. God, man, we're in some, for some really, really exciting times. And Dave, speaking of exciting times. <laughs> Go on. No, no, no. This is too good a segue to miss. Crack on. Back to 2013. This was broadcast on the 24th of January 2013, recorded on the 18th of January 2013. It is Impact Wrestling number 446. Sponsored by Bellator MMA. <sighs> yeah, TNA. Is it Impact? Is it Impact? Is it TNA? Who knows? <laughs> Bellator Impact Wrestling TNA Fight MMA. Mm. Part three of our TNA Impact Aces Nates TNA Aces Aces TNA Impact Aces <laughs> series. <laughs> I don't know what to call Sam it. Sam Crow Season Three. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is the time TNA were doing one live show, then one recorded show, and that recorded show will be broadcast the week after, right? That's all we've got here. Correct, yes. Brilliant. So we're in the Impact Zone. I love saying the Impact Zone. It sounds so cool. <laughs> in Universal Studios, Florida. Uh, this is broadcast live. On, not live, sorry. Um, delayed, I guess. Recorded, whatever. On Spike TV, we had to acquire it via nefarious means because TNA streaming service is fucking stupid. Um... And it's TNA on Spikes, obviously did a 1.2 in the ratings. Good stuff. So, same goddamn awful commentary team as the last few shows. Mike Tanay, Taz, who's now a heel biker commentator, still employed by TNA. Logic, but we'll get to that. <laughs> and Todd on commentary is also here. Todd Kennel from Helly. <laughs> Todd Kennelly from Helly. <laughs> Ah, that pun came to me when I was very tired. And I still laugh at it now. I think it's great. I mean... Laugh at my joke. I, I'm, just, I'm just looking back at Todd Canelli from Helly. And yeah. I still can't believe that he is the soundtrack to this run of shows. God, he's just so impassioned, isn't he? It just makes me want to watch wrestling. <laughs> I am here in the commentary booth. It's not a booth, mate. It's a fucking table. <laughs> You're at a table. Tax on this two-hour broadcast of TNA <laughs> Impact Wrestling that does not include a wedding segment this week. There are four fucking matches. One more. One more than last week. So the booking has increased. We've actually got wrestling. Jesus Christ. Two fucking hours about 20 minutes worth of wrestling in it. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I'm going to be, all right. Let's be totally open and honest about it right from the start. I detested the first few shows. 
I I felt hmm. What's the word I'm looking for? I felt I would lulled into a sense of normality with this show almost. It's the stages of dealing with grief. You're now currently in acceptance. Yeah, that's almost how it felt. Like I didn't feel angry after watching the show. I was just like, right. <laughs> that was like my reaction. Can you explain? Uh, the good this? thing. <laughs> well, probably because we've actually we've got no Hogan on this show this week, which is nice. Yeah, we've got Chris Daniels in the main event, which is always nice. Kaz is continuing to have his manager's license, which is nice. Tara's here, so it's nice to see the champion. That's nice. Um, Mr. Pectacular's here, who doesn't like to feel inadequate. He's here. Great. The, 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 one of the little criticisms I have about this show is there's quite a few people that feature that they never introduce. So I have no idea who most of these people were until about, you know, five minutes on screen time, maybe, where someone finally goes, oh, this person's doing this. And you're like, oh, that's who that is. <laughs> okay, good stuff. Shall we get into the card? Mm. So we get a video recap of last week's episode. Did you know there's a Bellator show after this? All I need to know is can I have a countdown clock at the bottom of the screen like I had last week? That's all I was interested in when I watched this. So Bellator are doing weekly shows apparently because, again, yes, this countdown clock is throughout the entire fucking show going, don't worry, it'll be over soon. (laughs) (laughs) Real fighters, real athletes. Yeah. So, uh, creepy 62-year-old Bubba Ray marrying 12-year-old Brooke Hogan. Brit rest. Uh, so, Taz turned heel. <laughs> Taz turned heel on Veil the Aces Nate's allegiance. Uh, so, we're three minutes into the show, and we're just watching last week's show without the fun bits, basically. Yeah, they cut out Gallows and Nux holding on to Brooke. How fucking they have the dare audio. they? How fucking <laughs> dare they? They're just replaying the stuff that they cut away from last time because the director's obviously shit and didn't show the bits they wanted to show. <laughs> Missing out the funniest bit, like, look at your daddy, Brooke. <laughs> Where's your daddy now? <laughs> but leaving the audio Gallows. on. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> so stupid. And it's good for Gallows that, you know, Eight years on, he's still having his matches and segments edited. Oh, mate. <laughs> yeah, TV. absolutely. Yeah. The way he swings the belt, though, fucking hell, it still makes me laugh every time I see it, even though I know he's going to do it every time. Oh, it's fucking great. Even on BT, when they're like, you realize we're going to have to edit that match. <laughs> he just starts <laughs> fucking the green screen. You're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I'm just getting this buck. <laughs> So during this opening segment where they're like recutting what they showed last week, uh, you can literally hear a director going to the camera ops, make sure you get that shot of him standing over there. <laughs> you're like, what? <laughs> Could you not cut that bit of audio maybe? But oh, it's TNA, so who gives a fucking shit? Uh, they show the wedding aftermath. Uh, thankfully, not that though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's because it's illegal in several countries. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Oh, fucking hell. Todd on commentary sitting right next to Mike Tanay, but not Taz, welcomes us to the show. Um, the cut is awful, so it cuts off the beginning of th- uh, Todd speaking. It goes, oh, everyone, to <laughs> Impact Wrestling. And you're like, boys, this isn't even live. <laughs> that, that, that's why, because Borash was like, just fucking cut it here. Todd's got a bit of personality in the O. <laughs> It's Todd Kennel from Helly, along with Professor Mike Tanay. And just last week on Impact, I did that way too enthusiastically. Sorry, let me bring it down a tone. 
And just last week on Impact, we went from sublime <laughs> to the shocking. Yeah, okay. Uh, a sickening attack by the Aces and Eights. The wedding night in shambles. Hulk Hogan, Bully Ray, Sting laid out. Along with many others. You can't say sentences. It's just like little stabs of words, you know? Bring back Don West. Oh, fucking A, man. You know, I'd much rather listen to that than this fucking bollocks, even though I hate detested Don West, but whatever. He continues, and a tormented, distraught Brooke Hogan caught in the middle. And she also had a wedding last week. Way! <laughs> Mike and Todd chat away. They're pointing out Taz is missing. Um, at least Tanae adds some sort of levity to this, like some serious Mike levels Tanae of Mike Tanae saying that he's seen a lot of things in his career, but last Thursday was the thing was the most shocked he'd ever been in his TNA tenure, <laughs> which basically means he's forgotten about the gauntlet for the gold. <laughs> <laughs> Battle Royal gauntlet for the gold gold battle royal royal who what other names do they have for it i'm trying to remember as i'm saying it it's the it was a gauntlet for the gold that's what they called it they called it the something tournament as well they had like five I, different names here we did a whole podcast on this i can't remember a fucking thing it's like you kind of watch tna and then you immediately go can i get that out of my brain as fast as possible <laughs> i mean that's what most of the wrestlers on the on the last shows have been doing yeah to be fair so uh there's this really weird fucking scene that we cut to now because obviously we don't cut to a wrestling match this now <laughs> you silly bastards we cut to the biker gang kind of outside kind of clapping oh by the way my microwave's probably about to go off because my missus needs to warm up for dinner because she's been trying to put my kids to sleep i don't give a fuck at this point it's tna who cares you'll enjoy listening to a microwave it'll be fine a um, microwave is more compelling than Todd Kennedy and Helly's commentary. Yeah. I'd rather hear it go beep, 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 because yeah. that would be better yeah. than half the dross. There we go, Todd! <laughs> when was that, Todd? <laughs> this is like listening to Todd. Just give it a second. <laughs> <laughs> the difference is, though, with a microwave, you might get something tasty out of it, whereas with Todd, it's just pointless. <laughs> Oh fucking hell! Oh, you describe this biker fucking bollocks for watching. I, I I can't even do it anymore. So <laughs> show's only just started. So basically, the Ace and Eights are out the back and they're clapping around while some guy on a motorbike rides round backstage. And at this stage, I thought, Bischoff, you've seen biker gangs. They don't sit around like going, we've got wheels, <laughs> tits and beaver, tits and beaver, ride your bikes around. No, they park their motorbikes, they all go and have <laughs> a beer, and they have a lovely chat. the best thing ever. <laughs> you know, oh, what was so also known God. as the beautiful people. Oh my God, this person has teenage women's division. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, uh, in fairness, Tits and Beaver also features in a Valentine's Day 40% off shop uh, oh, segment we'll get to later in Jesus this Jesus Christ, yeah, yeah. But yeah, basically, they're all stood there, and even though it's a biker club, where tits it's their own beaver, secret tits club... Tits and Beaver, Tits and Beaver, let's keep doing it, keep going. The Tits and Beaver crew are outside, <gasps> Tits and Eights are outside, and the thing is, this is their seek, their own clubhouse, where they're all together. Why are the fucking morons still wearing their masks? Yeah, it's, it's really dumb, isn't it? I guess they, they see the camera, and so there's some justification there, but fuck it. Like, you know when you're at a gig and, like, you know, there's there's 
like 10 people there or whatever. I'm sure you've experienced a few of these like I have, definitely. But then like a group of like 14 year olds will somehow sneak their way into the venue and kind of start their own mosh pit. Ken Anderson was trying to do the mosh pit by yeah. himself. He was like throwing shoulders down. All, you know, he was one windmill away from being at Soulfly concert. Fucking hell. But basically it finished off with them raising Fucking eight me. fingers in the air because that's how many they got up Brooke Hogan last night. And then we go to our <laughs> opening video package. <laughs> Yeah, nice kind of slow mo opening video package. Really not too bad. Um, just showing people doing wrestling stuff, few transitions, nothing amazing, but it's good enough. Yeah, this is new because we haven't had this so far. No. Um, on their transition uh, as they go through, but <laughs> it was just as soon as I saw this little uh biker gang, it just reminded me of what people in local local towns were doing their little moped gangs where they managed to de-restrict their mopeds by knocking the nut out the back and they can go 37 miles an hour rather than 29. Uh, yeah. Hey, look at me! I could set off a speed camera! Now you've done it, you prick, and now you've got a ticket. Yep, pretty You're much. fucking moron. It's, it's not great. Tits and beaver! <laughs> Tits and beaver. Aces and eights arrive in their pleather merch shop next to the merry-go-round in Universal Studios. Uh, Taz breathes into the mic because the 10-yard walk blew him up <laughs> into the ring. Also, oh, hello, Todd. <laughs> also, um, I like the fact that they really like played or plaid, depending on what country you're from. Hmm. And they're like, so we're going to wear Mick Foley's cutoffs and our cuts made out of uh, PVC. <laughs> it's like Taz wearing like a bright yellow plaid kind of shirt. You're like, hmm, I'm not sure how intimidated I am by your sunny yellow shirt, mate. <laughs> It's like retired man sitting at the golf course bar mm. shirt and then a really bad faux leather waistcoat with a terrible iron-on Premier League tattoo on the back. Yeah. Taz immediately uses a double negative to say he's part of... <laughs> Fuck's sake. Todd? He had Todd? to be part Are of being okay? an Aces and Eights. Uh, and puts over this vision of the higher power. I'm like, Vince already did that, buddy. <laughs> like, This has been done. What are you doing? It was it was me, bully. It was me all along. Oh, oh my god, Hulk Hogan's in a biker gang. See, that would have been funny because then it's an insider mocking joke. You know what I mean? Like maybe I wouldn't have found it funny to be fair, but it would have been better than some of the shit they're pulling here. Um, Taz shits on everyone. Taz tells Dixie to check uh, the contract he has with TNA. Uh, if one person puts a finger on Taz, he'll own the friggin' place. I'm like, um, he's. Teflon Taz. Which is fantastic because it means you can cook a stir fry in him and <laughs> it won't stick. Uh, wok Taz. Can we go with that? <laughs> wok, did you say Taz? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And this then, is he, and then segment, after he says he's it? Teflon Taz, as after he says he's Teflon Taz, he goes on to say that he's the hi- there's another higher power again. And it's like, Taz. This is why we have script writers in WWE. It's not the last time Taz will basically just steal someone else's stick tonight, but we'll get to that. Tara, formerly known as Victoria in WWE, is backstage with Roger Stone? Question mark. <laughs> no, no, that's not that. That's not Robbie E. Yeah, it's it's Jesse, right? Jesse Goddard. <laughs> I don't Pet want to be Jesse <laughs> from BT this week. <laughs> I don't want to be Jesse. <laughs> Let's ring the bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, gallows. That's not an evergreen joke, but like, you know, if someone listens to it this week, they'll find that funny, maybe. <laughs> like if they remember that one nothing moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
so Jesse, Roger Stone, whatever, has got this uh, Velvet Stone action figure thing and he says things. I'm like, okay, good stuff. So we've got Tara versus Velvet Sky first, Tax. Oh, in fairness, the, in fairness, like, we're, not, we're not doing this enough comedy slapstick uh, credit here for Jesse Goddard's what do you mean? doing this. What do you mean? Did you not watch what I watched? He was making really funny jokes, suggesting Tara's an athlete, and then holding the action, the plastic action figure of Velvet Sky, and saying, "Velvet Sky, she's all plastic." That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Good He's mocked her for having fake tits. Okay, you know. Fair enough. I, I appreciate good funny. tits, though. So, I mean, you know, whatever. <laughs> but first, TNA have to whore out their women's division. We get this like not impact shop dot com thing valentine's day and i'm like what is the company called dixie is it tna is it impact is it wrestling tna tna impact wrestling by tna like might want to get into that you know it's kind of important for the record this actually wasn't anything to do with the wrestling promotion it's just hot women that's why it was shop tna.com shop tnb.com oh i see what you're saying it's like sex toys yeah exactly get your own flashlight of christy hemi that's definitely Michael how it's six. advertised. <laughs> it's filth, though. It's absolute filth. It's like a burlesque. I mean, it's half porn. I'm really glad porn. we got to see it again. Yeah, they, they show it a couple of times tonight, and I'm pretty sure this won't be the last time we get to see this. They probably spent a lot of money. Last time I'll watch it this week. <laughs> We're told that we get uh, the Chris Daniels Jeff Hardy title match tonight. Uh, did you also know Bella tours on after this? Um, Chris Daniels and Hardy actually get a video package here too. We're like, okay, nice, a video package. I know they they like a lot of these. But it felt like a good time to put one here to be like, look, we've got a main event that you actually want to watch tonight. Especially hyping if people are tuning in and they're stupid and they've come two hours early for Bellator. Sure. Oh, I'll just wait around because I don't, in case I change the channel, I might forget that Bellator's on at 10. Mm. So I'm going to leave the channel on Spike for two hours. Oh, who's this guy with the face paint and the two belts, which look like toys? And. Who's this really talented athlete guy who looks like he'd be really good in our welterweight division? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that being said about this video package here, at this point, I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. By the end of the night, I was like, please, just no more video packages. <laughs> Enough. I think there's maybe 15 on just this show. What happened was when they made their new entrance video, they were they obviously commissioned the person to do it and was like, could you maybe do a few extras? And he billed them for it. And T- Dixie was like, just got to use them now. Yeah. There's ones for like, you know, upcoming tours, upcoming pay-per-views. Like At least they're promoting things that are upcoming. This is something that TNA never used to do when I watched it back in the day. It would be like the impact before the pay-per-view. They'd be like, oh, by the way, <laughs> we've got a pay-per-view this weekend, don't you know? So there's it, you some can t- positive to it. I was going to say, you can tell there is a slightly different approach to the business model. Because even whilst we've mocked the, the shop tea and beaver uh, advert, <laughs> it's it's something different. They're actually shilling their own stuff, like the lockdown tour, the fan interaction in uh, like a McDonald's. They may not be big league, but they're they're making themselves look bigger. And obviously, what Wait, we'll find out. What did you this just episode, say? Big league into McDonald's? I lost you completely there. Oh, they're trying to make themselves look big league by having these like signings and fan meet and greets, which oh. will probably be held in like the children's birthday area of a McDonald's. I not see enough what people you're to fill out. Yeah, these like elite video packages, these elite travel packages and stuff they have where you get to hang out with like, I don't know, Robbie E or someone, you know? 
get on a greyhound to Sasquatchin. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we cut to Christopher Daniels and Kaz backstage. The whole thing is completely out of focus. I was literally just watching it going, focus, focus, focus. Mr. Cameraman, focus, focus. It's, it's, it's not good. I mean, I, I was watching this on a phone running 5K in my garage at this part of the promo. So my, my ability to gauge the vision and the, the quality. I, and again, I didn't know if that was just how we obtained the footage. Oh, no, 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 no. This is just massively out of focus. There's points where it's focused on the background. So Kaz will be like right in front of the camera. And then you can read in the background, there's like text on the wall and stuff. I'm like, oh, no. Just left the autofocus on. It's like proper amateur hour. So it's a bit of a shame. Borash. Yeah. The producer is asking them some questions. And we get a bit of a wobbly camera sort of thing going on. And it's not the last time we'll get a wobbly fucking camera with people backstage tonight. It, it, you know what they're going for. They're going for that, oh, look, we just captured this moment. But they feel like this is take five or six, maybe, because the guys aren't exactly impassioned. And this is Chris Daniels and Kaz we're talking about. Like, these guys can get shit over, you know? And and it's it's mm, it's a little wearing thin already for me in these wobbly fucking camera moments, you know? The problem is, as we mentioned about video packages, this isn't the first or last time we're going to see this wobbly camera. Oh, guys, I need to ask you a question. Shock interview, catch it as it happens sort of stuff. Yeah, that's going to happen on this episode. Christopher Daniels has an Appletini. Kaz has a manager license. Christopher Daniels does some cool rhyming slang sort of stuff like Muhammad Ali or something. It's it's fun enough, but it's the same segment we've seen for the last week or so. But he popped me when he said, I'm going to be Christopher Daniels, world heavyweight champion of the world. <laughs> it's good stuff. Cut to commentary. Todd is flustered. Taz talks shits, who's joined them on commentary. And finally, it's a fucking match. <laughs> we got there eventually. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's a women's match. So, knockouts match. We have to zoom over Christy Hemi's crotch for a little bit first. Consistency. People complain mm. there's not enough consistency in professional wrestling. Shop TNA.com. <laughs> so, it's a TNA Women's Knockout Championship match of Tara, a current champion who's accompanied by Jesse, who's her lovely muscly boy. With Vel- uh, versus Velvet Sky. Um, commentary just going on and on about the Aces and Eights stories, you know, as the match is starting. Uh, Taryn Terrell is still women's ref. She's the ref for all of these women's matches, it would seem. Uh, Jesse goes to press slam Tara pre match. I'm like, oh, is this part of their entrance? And thankfully it is, because I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he picks her up above his head and they're like, da da da, I'm friends with this person. This is our entrance sometimes you've just got a lift he might have not done it backstage and go like, i haven't got a vein popping tara get up here i'm on tv fair point <laughs> it's um hmm. it's not gonna put the butts in the seats you know what i mean nobody's gonna put the ladies into the seats <laughs> it's gonna dampen some seats <laughs> <laughs> tits and beaver tits and beaver the bell rings while tara has her back to velvet can we do this referee joey <laughs> I don't know what Such disrespect for the challenger. And yeah. again, this fucking a, referee, mate. Awful, awful. <laughs> but from a storyline standpoint, Mike Dean refing this match. Ah, oh, don't get me started. At least it's a continuation story. They've had the, the Gail Kim Velvet Sky stuff. They had the botched finish. They have the, the follow-up on last week's episode. And we've actually now got 
the title match. It's not like WWE where they suddenly forget someone's a number one contender or someone's owed a title shot. Mm. So at least there's consistency in the storyline that they're going for here. <laughs> so Velvet Sky attacks Tara from behind, like the dastardly face she is. Cross the line, mate. Nose, heels, <laughs> or face in TNA. They do a few spots and cut to the adverts because it's a women's match, obviously. As we come back, do you know there's a Bellator show after this? Actually, <laughs> like, come on, guys, just one match, please. Ah, oh, fuck's sake! Tara up top, Ric Flair spot off the top. There's some perv in the front row zooms in, gets a nice photo of Velvet's crotch. You see this guy? Love his work. <laughs> fucking it's so creepy sitting in the front row right just to the right of the hard cam there's a guy literally watches the fucking velvet sky fall off the ropes his legs are like towards him and he's literally going i'm just gonna lean to the left and take this zoom and twist it and there's the photo of her crotch like fucking hell mate the man's on holiday he's trying to have a good time he's not an impact fan he probably thinks this is a show he probably thinks it's like (laughs) what I've referred to as softcore porn at the, the, the dance show at Treasure Island in Vegas. And I tell you what, if you ever go to Vegas with your partner and they say, oh, should we go and watch some of some of the shows? Go to Treasure Island and <laughs> oh, watch really? a Treasure Island show because it's supposed to be kid-friendly, but it's basically softcore porn and it's fucking brilliant. Sounds great, man. This is what this is, that's for sure. Um, it's definitely The wrestling mm. was better on Treasure Island. Would you call TNA kid-friendly? Hmm. Would we no, call it so human edgy. friendly? <laughs> no, because it's edgy. <laughs> edgy. God, that's a word for it. Edgy. Mm. Didn't he win the rumble? <laughs> <sighs> Velvet has some bollocks version of an X Factor that commentary don't call at all that I think is meant to be her finish. Uh, Jesse up to distract the ref because, you know, TNA. Uh, Velvet moves out the way as Tara runs into Jesse, knocking him off the apron. Velvet goes for a something. Jesse grabs Velvet's leg. Can he do that, Joey? Also, Terrence Terrell, can he do that, Ref? Ah, uh, well, this is important. So the the holding down of the leg is an important, genuinely good refereeing from a from an, a storyline telling standpoint. That's why they always tell you to go head to head with. So the referee's head is with the pinned person's head because then if you're looking at the shoulders you can't see shenanigans elsewhere so she didn't even botch that from Taryn Terrell's standpoint she went right to where she would be so she may not be able to see any <laughs> the problem with this theory is that she's standing up with her back to the hard cam looking at Jesse grabbing the leg and goes oh there's a pinfall so then goes down for the one two three <laughs> it's like <laughs> she would have seen it dude come on it's right there yeah, but that wasn't her fault. That was Jesse grabbing the leg too early. <sighs> um, Jesse is holding Velvet's foot as Tara stays in the cover for the one, two, three, because TNA and still knockouts champion Tara. Yay! This ref she is. She had a good outing in the Rumble, didn't she? <laughs> good to have her back. Yeah, uh, she looked a bit um, hesitant. Uh, yeah, I mean, she just saw what happened to Gillian Hall. Sure. She's like, go ahead. Who do I have to get in the ring with? Naya? Oh, no, thanks. <laughs> I've got a real job to look after tomorrow. Yeah, fucking A. Um, yeah, so um, I'm, I like Tara, especially during this time period. I think she's a very good wrestler. Um, not so sure about Velvet Sky. 
never been a fan, considering that Angelina Love was head and shoulders above the rest of the beautiful people in Ring. And even then, like, I I really like Angelina Love. I like her character. I like her promos. But as you said, in Ring, this was very much the beautiful people used to get really good ratings per segment for when they were in. So I understand why Velvet's still knocking around in this time when the beautiful people aren't together anymore. But it's when you look down the limited women's roster they had, but could you imagine they just gave us Tara and Gail Kim? That match would have been great. Mm. I think the reason she's knocking around is called 36D, mate. You know? You said it last uh, week. Is that, where the, is that the Dudley Destro? <laughs> <laughs> Quick video package. Hey, next week, Impact, which we're covering next week of the World of Wrestling podcast, will be in the UK. I'm so excited. And I I started watching this episode earlier today. I, I love s- British crowds. They're so much better than fucking dumb Americans. <laughs> no offense. Uh, it's okay if you say no offense afterwards, right? I mean, it worked for redacted wrestler <laughs> in NXT UK, right? I'm joking, Americans. I love you, really. But this impact crowd, I'm not joking about redacted NXT UK no, no, person. No, no. But like this fucking crowd in the impact zone, whatever, like, you know, Universal Studios, it's absolutely fucking abysmal week after week. The paid actors and the holiday makers, you know. So to see an actual wrestling fan base that are impassioned and want to come see wrestling, it'd be really interesting to see what they enjoy, what they shit on. You know what I mean? Because, you know, you're going to get genuinely quite honest reactions from a British crowd and they're noisy as fuck. It's going to be good. It's going to be good to watch next week. But we are in Manchester, so watch out for the gun crime. You know? (laughs) It's open fight night, which essentially means they don't have to book a show very well. Open fire (laughs) night. It's like, you know, Western Saloon. Someone does a power slam and they're like, yeah! Yeah. So, open fight night. What the fuck is great, this? Great concept where you can call out anyone on the TNA roster and you've got to have a fight with them because they've called you out. Wouldn't everyone you know, just call out with- Jeff, the champion, and be like, I want a title shot. Give me my title shot now. You'd think so, wouldn't you? But here's the thing. Why do we have to have contract signings for some matches and we can't... I mean, think of the admin nightmare at the Manchester Arena next week's impact for Open Fight Night. I'm going to... As you said, I'm going to fight Jeff. No, I'm going to fight Jeff. I'm going to fight Jeff. All right, so we're going to have a 10-man gauntlet beat the clock challenge. Mm. No, I'm fighting Jeff. You're going to fight, I know, Joe Park. (laughs) Exactly. You can understand the gimmick. It's... The typical kind of like Russo Bischoffy type. Oh, what revolutionary thing can we do this week to make people look over here, make a loud noise, you know? But it's it's just it just means they don't have to tell good stories. They can have someone come out and be like, "I want to wrestle this person," and just have a unique match, which is okay if you're a spot show company. But this is fucking TNA. They're doing weekly television, you know. Oh, and also, you know. We can't have half our roster there because they're not allowed visas because they're drug-addled criminals. Well, there is that, yeah. Oh, that's a fair point. Is Jeff not going to be able to go across? I don't think he made it because of those reasons. I think oh. a few others couldn't make it either. 
<laughs> uh, good stuff. Do you reckon someone's come to the ring and be like, I challenge John Cena? Because <laughs> you can challenge anyone, right? Logic. John Cena comes out to the impact zone. Like, wait, 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 what happened? Am I in some other world? Oh, I'm getting, we're getting way too surreal here. Let's move on. Sting walks backstage because, you know, WCW 2000, yeah. <laughs> Wobbly Cam, producer asks him questions. Rinse, repeat. Sting doesn't want to talk to anyone yet. He'll talk to people later. Good stuff. And also, it's nothing to do with Sting. It's not his wedding. Yet the producer's saying, who'd you hold accountable for the wedding? Well, first of all, Brooke accepted a marriage proposal from Bully. So mm. they're accountable for hosting the wedding. And then Taz turned round and Hogan said, get the women out of here. Because, you know, he's sexist and, you know, hashtag me too. They should have stayed a fight. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> Moving on. Quick lockdown video promotion because, you know, we need another video package, obviously. But at least they're promoting their pay-per-view that's coming up at the end of this series. Stay tuned. I feel like you want to say something. No, I, I was going to say, was that for actual lockdown? Was that another one for the lockdown tour where they get to see a cage match and the guy during the promo went, I mean, you never get to see a cage match. There's there's nothing nothing quite like a match in a cage. Technically, I think that's uh, the later video package. This is just the, we've got a lockdown thing coming up to start with. But the video you're to- into one. Yeah, the video package you're talking about is later in the evening and it's literally they've paid... <laughs> three actors from central casting to pretend to be fans it could not be more obvious they all look exactly the same they've obviously put out a casting call the central casting have gone you three fit the bill you're all the same <laughs> it's just it's actually the same person uh i wish it was because then it would just be like you know we've got a fan and we're talking to him but no it's three different people that look all almost identical Ah, oh, it's so fucking stupid um kenny king backstage with um, I thought at this point, I wasn't sure who this was, but this is Zima Ion with his big fucking emo 90s band haircut thing going on. It's it's, uh, it's a gimmick, isn't it? Yep, it's pre-DJ Z as well when him and Robbie would be doing their... Love stuff. that gimmick. Very, very Healy. Like it. This was... Uh, whew, who's the heel? Who's the face? Who gives a shit? Did you know there's a Bellator show after this, Dax? <laughs> What's a Bellator? Yeah. Is it the Bellas on tour? It's that Bellator thing they have, right? Yeah, cool. Total Bellator. The, the fucking Bella twins are on the WWE's reaction stream the other day, and it really hurt our numbers on WrestleTalk, so fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> you got outdrawn by the Bellas. I mean, come on, dude. They've got quite a fucking social media pull, to be fair to them. They do. I mean, now Nikki Bella and Artem Chekhovlova are in marriage counselling together. No one cares. Let's move on. <laughs> so Kenny King and Zima Ion. Everyone else tag- cares. That's why they didn't watch your fucking stream. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> They're going to be tag teaming tonight? I'm like, okay, cool. Hanging out with Brooke? Is that what's... <laughs> Ace and eight fingers. Yeah. <laughs> so these guys are going to be tagging tonight and they're X-Division guys and they don't get on or something like... Who gives a shit? Joseph Park heads to the ring. He really is a lovable, goofy face. Like I really find this character endearing. I think he's great. He's doing... It certainly you know, shows he can... It's got good acting chops to go from Abyss to this. Mm. Um, <laughs> goth to boss. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely listener. When's the last time you remember us talking about a wrestling match, by the way? We're 45 minutes into the podcast. I'm just saying. <laughs> hey, we had an epic encounter between 
Tara and Velvel. Yeah, yeah, sure. Park puts over open fight night in Gun Crime City next week. He'll be there and he'll be competing. Hooray! Park is going to study the roster and choose who his opponent choose his opponent i can't even talk anymore so he gets the w next week as the boys say uh he'll he'll debut in impact wrestling when he holds court i'm like there's too many gimmicks going on here hasn't he already wrestled how is it his debut tax he was very as a lawyer he was very you know correct in saying it was going to be his impact wrestling as in the television show. Isn't Impact the company Wrestling called Radio. Impact Wrestling Tax? Isn't that what they tell us every time we fucking tune in? Welcome to Impact Wrestling. That's not the fucking name of the company. Why do they keep saying it? Because the paper <sighs> is TNA Genesis. Oh. So he hasn't wrestled on Impact Wrestling. But what's the belt called? TNA. What's the website called? It's all TNA this and TNA that. But we're in Impact. So it's his debut and it's not his debut. It's just like, I hate this world. I want out so much. It's terrible. The reason... The reason the website's the same is Borash doesn't understand how to transfer domains. Oh, this fucking company. Like, I like this character. But as soon as he's like, it's my debut on Impact Wrestling. I'm like, you'd say on the TV show Impact, but he doesn't. He says it on the... It's really minor shit, but it's like stuff that like I swear I have like some sort of minor OCD that just triggers this so much. I mean, I think he did say to finish that it's the television the television debut of Joseph Park and he's going to get the W mm. and but I, I get the impression by this time as Joe Park had thrown so much shit out there with gimmicks that a lot of this would have been lost yeah sure up next da, 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 da. it's a bloody wrestling match tags can you fucking believe it hashtag unfriend not to, I'm not podcasting about actual wrestling on a wrestling <laughs> podcast <laughs> It's a tag team match of Christian York and Rob Van Dam, the current X Division champion, versus Kenny King and Zima Ion. Now, you look at these four names on paper. There's like, you know, some potential at the very least. Should we wander through this rarity on TNA? You know, the wrestling match? Right before this match started, knowing that Zima Ion was in this, I thought, people are just going to throw this poor kid about. Mm. I'm glad they did. Kenny King's music may suck, but I always find myself shouting along to Rob Van Dam. Dum, 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 dum. The whole fucking show. Dum, 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 dum. And then Rob Van Dam lifts his hands on his pyro. I'm like, that's really fucking cool. Coolest man on the card. Yeah, it, it's just a really great entrance. He's half asleep and fucking baked out of his face. But, you know, it's it's a cool entrance. We've said already, like, at least his entrance theme is very, very good as well. Yeah, he always times the hand lift really perfectly as well with the music. He loves a gimmick. Yeah, sure. As these four lads are doing some fun wrestling with some kind of little bit of heel-face dynamic here and there, finally, like, oh, great. Commentary reminders, the Bellator's on after this. <laughs> like, Fucking hell, guys. Okay. Rob Van Dam takes all the heat for some fucking reason. Zima Ion misses a 450, meaning Rob Van Dam can get the tag to Christian York. Because here we go. Big baby face moment. Here comes the guy to take the pinfall. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny and York <laughs> run through some spots. So do RVD and Zima Ion. Uh, is it just me or during this match is the ring mic incredibly noisy? 
I I just think they're bumping very very hard. Yeah, I think compared to the last, I just think they're not used to miking the ring for wrestling matches. They seem to do a better job at the pay per view. Yeah. than this but i don't that, know again, that has a few matches to get them kind of warmed up to get in the audio levels right you know what i mean this f- fucking show doesn't <laughs> did tara and Velvet take a, a bump <laughs> <laughs> oh for god's sake rvd gets shoved off the top rope lands on the guardrail to the outside love the way he does that spot really really cool um as soon as that happens i literally go five four three as kenny hing hits a very impressive springboard blockbuster to york Two, Demo Iron makes the cover. One, one, two, three. Upsetting Kenny King. Zima Ion pins Christian York. I literally counted down to the pinfall. Like, it's so fucking obvious, these matches. Booking 101, brother. Mm. Booking 101. At least they had Zima Ion get the win. So there's another person interjecting this X four way, which is good. Dude, you say at least. What have they achieved here? They've destroyed the babyface they're trying to push in Christian York, and now they've added Zemurai on to infuriate Kenny King. Classic booking. Heel Have you not watched Z- Five Star or IPW? <laughs> heel Zemurai on, and now heel Kenny King have got some tension. Awesome. <laughs> if only there was another tag team in TNA who are two heels who tease tension. I wonder if we- <sighs> this fucking company, man. Just, just take Rob Van Dam. Take Kenny fucking King and put them in a feud. It's not that complicated. Like, what's wrong with these idiots? Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Just have Kenny King pin Rob Van Dam in a tag team match because the heels cheated. Like, come on, guys. Seriously. There's an easy, easy story to tell here. And I guarantee they will do that before the pay-per-view or something like that. You know what I mean? They'll have Rob Van Dam get fucked over to build to a match with Rob Van Dam for the X-Belt. But like this, this wasting your time teasing tension between two heels. I'm like, I don't give a shit, mate. It's not the main story, though, is it? They're not. It's the wedding that's the main story. <laughs> I thought you meant in this X Division feud, and I'm like, story? <laughs> what fucking story? <laughs> <sighs> it's, it's probably the best match of the night, but it's fucking shit. Oh no, the the main's better than this. Uh, 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 I don't know. Uh, Brooke and Bubba arrive backstage. Wobbly cam. <laughs> Guess what happens? A producer asks them some questions. Bubba stares down the producer and tells the camera to fuck off. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, fair enough. I'd probably feel the same. Also, I you know I I appreciate that as we you know Bully Ray is suspended, so he's not technically a part of the roster. So first question: If he's not part of the Impact roster, how the hell did he get in without needing security pass if he's suspended? Second of all, if he is technically part of the Impact Ross and supposed to be there, he's fucking an hour late. Tardiness in wrestling is bad. It's Russo booking 101, mate. How else is someone meant to get over? We went to, they have to turn up late in a car and like they couldn't afford the limo this time, I have you know. <laughs> so they had to get a Chevrolet truck instead. But you know, the, the principle is the same. You have them arrive late to the show so you can show them backstage to, I don't know, try and make us care. Is that the objective? Certainly didn't make me care. I did like before this, before this little segment, they used almost common sense because Taz on commentary before they went backstage got a call on his phone and would left the announce table before they showed this segment. So this was almost sensible. Mm. 
Was that before this segment? So before Bully arrived, Taz has already gone? Yeah. Taz gets a call on his cell phone. He disappears from the booth. They show Bully and Brooke. And then, well, who knows what happens at the start of hour two? Hmm. I don't remember the order of events going in that <laughs> that order, but to be fair, I was probably not paying much attention by this point. So who cares? It's okay. And, and like Sting earlier, when the and now the backstage producer said to Sting, "So, so, uh, who was who was the who was responsible for the wedding?" And he said, "I'm going to do my talking in the ring, Bully Ray. I'm going to go to the ring to do my talking." All mm. oh, right. So we're all going to use the same promo, are we? WCW 2000, bro. The inspiration for TNA, like this, is very clear at this point. We just need a couple of nut shots, <laughs> you know. Uh, Hogan walking around backstage a bit more. We we were missing that in this episode, but we've had it plenty in the other one. Speaking oh, of... I miss Hogan. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> Samoa Joe. You know, they've got Samoa Joe, don't you remember? <laughs> is backstage with Bischoff's kids and Briscoe's kid. You're like, who else? Okay, obviously. Ang- Angle arrives. Not a very healthy looking Kurt Angle. I think it's fair to say. He got attacked by Ace and Nates. Of course he's not looking healthy. That's not what I mean. <laughs> K-Fab, as Joe Park would call it. Hmm. His eyes are um wandering, and he's chewing quite a lot. One of those really, really tough steaks in catering. Yeah. Definitely what it is. I've never had, you know, someone come lean on my car window and go, all right, mate, yeah, how you doing? And just start constantly chewing. I've never experienced that at all in my life, have I, Dax? No. <sighs> it's good to see uh good to see uh the producer's kids knocking around with Samoa Joe. Yeah, sure. So they all embrace. Angle isn't a hundred percent, but he's got to do what he's got to do. That's Kurt Angle saying that line. I'm not a hundred percent, but I'm gonna do what I've got to do. Kurt Angle, one of my favourite promo guys of all time. <laughs> Has maybe been in, what, 10 of the funniest, best, most entertaining wrestling segments ever is reduced to this shit. He also was in Sharknado. So, you know, (laughs) same level. Okay. I don't remember being in Sharknado. I've seen at least one of those movies. I think he was in Sharknado 2. That might be why. I don't think I've seen the sequel. So Joe just kind of wanders off out of shot. That's the last we will see of Samoa Joe. Remember, they've got Samoa Joe almost in his prime. He's not in his prime. He's well overweight and just doesn't give a shit about what's happening. But they had Samoa Joe in his prime, and this is where they've got him to. (sighs) Bischoff's kid and Briscoe's kid ask Angle how he's doing again for the second time in this, like, one-minute promo backstage. Angle repeats himself. I'm not 100%, but I'm ready to kick some ass. The Patriot. He's American. He's the American dream. Dude. <laughs> They've got Kurt Angle. Uh, who's just drugged up out of his face. He's just looks so not like the Kurt Angle I want Kurt Angle to be. Like even now, like on his podcast, and you see him doing those silly like cameos and like little video segments of people. He's so entertaining, man. He's the best. I'm so happy he seems to have got himself healthy and clean. And like pre these moments and like, you know. 
all those classic great moments like with stone cold and the little cowboy hats and the milk and all these amazing segments like we know how good Kurt Angle is right and we know how good Samoa Joe is like prior to this or his ROH stuff and coming in the matches with Daniels and AJ post this going to WWE and having these amazing matches now commentary is fucking insane look how TNA are using these guys <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing dude we've got to get fucking Wes Briscoe over I always think when to try and lighten the mood, I always think when you mention about Kurt Angle, his most recent glory moment was when he was standing with his hands in his pockets whistling when Triple H was going to go and do a word punch on oh, him. Oh, so was beautiful. Good. Yeah, absolutely. <sighs> Another wedding angle video package because we can't have enough video package. Do you know Bellator's on after this? <laughs> We've got, this is hour two. If this was Nitro, we'd be having spooty pyro everywhere. Yeah, fucking A. God, I miss the spooty pyro. <laughs> I missed WCW so much, dude. So, so much. Bobber and Brooke now come out to the ring. Taz has legged it, as we said earlier. Um, so sensible. Because Bully goes to the commentary table, not booth, or the commentary <laughs> desk, not booth, and queried where Taz has gone. And Mike Tanay and Todd Kennel in a heli looked at him and basically pretended to be that do their best Scooby-Doo impression going, I don't know. <laughs> That's fucking great. Me young bug? The, the logic of Billy Big Bollocks Taz from the beginning of the show being like, no one can lay a finger on me, otherwise I'll own this frigging place. It's having to run away from Bully when he comes out. But I guess if he's taken the phone call earlier, then yeah, maybe they've got away with this logic. But yeah. And also, he was a bit like, Bully Ray's going to punch me and I don't want to own this fucking company. Mate, imagine taking on this debt. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Ah, Do you want to go over this segment with Bully talking in the ring and Brooke doing um, acting? 67-year-old Bully Ray and 14-year-old Brooke Hogan get into the ring. Bully Ray says that last week should have been the greatest night of their lives but in reality it was a nightmare a lot of people were hurt especially wrestling fans buddy ray said he expected that from devon but he never ever expected it from heel taz heel commentator heel taz obviously he'd asked tanae where taz had gone and he called taz a coward i'm sure the human suplex machine would be horrified by that (laughs) Bully Ray doesn't care that he got hurt, but he's mad because Ace and Ace hurt ev- all the people around him. And the only person who trusted him, Sting. Hmm. Maybe your future wife also trusted you. And the man he's been trying to get the trust of, Hulk Hogan. There's one... <laughs> Sorry, my notes were there. And basically goes on, he promises revenge. And you know what? He promises revenge, but he can't get revenge until Hulk Hogan tells him he can get revenge. <laughs> Yeah, so, sure. So, and at that stage, this brings out the stinger. Sting's obviously uh, being delighted to be paid to not have to bump and comes out for another one of his TNA contracted <laughs> appearances. And he says, The world knows Hulk Hogan doesn't do anything halfway. Dude, Certainly not. Dude, but Bubba's arrived. Dude, that line, that fucking line. Hulk Hogan doesn't do anything halfway. He fucking does. <laughs> Half he only does a tip over. in Bubba the Love Sponge's wife. <laughs> Doesn't go halfway in there. I've seen him half drop belts a million fucking times. You know what I mean? Sting goes on to say, Hogan may have walked Brooke down the aisle, but he's still only come halfway. 
<laughs> you only half main evented says- WrestleMania 9, for fuck's sake. Like, what are we talking about? And uh, no, to again continue the uh, tits and beaver analogies today, yeah. Sting says it's time for Hogan to go all the way. That's the bit I, <laughs> Next I burst week, out laughing when he said that. It was great. My note here said Stinger and the rest of the roster, but not Jeff Hardy, are going to the UK. Sting wants Hogan to come and end the suspension that allows Bully Ray to show up every week, get on the microphone, and make a regular roster threat. So let's remove the suspensions to the guy who turns up every week. This is worse than when Cena was fired from WWE during that Nexus angle because Bully Ray's always fucking there. Sure. So, so essentially the story is Sting believes Hogan's going to turn up, go all the way to the UK next week just to tell Bully Ray, yeah, you're not suspended. Send him an email, mate. Save the flight. You know, with your back, you don't want to be done up in like, even, even business class, your back's going to hurt going to Manchester. This is TNA just going, well, we're not going to deliver this payoff, what they call a payoff at least, in front of these fucking idiots in Florida. We're not going to pay our talent. <laughs> That's got a payoff. <laughs> sure. So we get a replay of Rude and Aries and Chavo and Hernandez last week. Uh, some creepy camera ops spies on Rude and Aries backstage, you know, shooting through the blind. Could you not just lift the blind first, you fucking weirdos? Um, Rude and Aries are discussing who's going to wrestle who this evening. I'm like, what is going on? And basically, this gets explained later that they're going. One of them is going to have a one on mat one blah, a one on one match with Hernandez, and like neither of them want to have that match. And I'm like, jokes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Neither of them want to be injured. Neither of them want to have this match, do they? Of course not. Works well though. The dynamic between these two is very, very good. You know. Cut out all the your definition and all the other shit of, they've got to deal with. Your definition of very, very good and my definition of very, very good are very different, apparently. Just, In comparison to Impact, their chemistry works and their promos together is, is good. You know, yeah. Considering what else we've got on the table, the fact that they're trying to, you know, they're being very sensible knowing we're away from the belt, so we're not going to get that. And we don't want to be part of Ace and Eight's angle because it's shit. So mm. we'll make the best of what we've got and have to wrestle Chavo. It's the classic thing of we've got these two heels who we were booking at the top of the card last week, and but we don't want them to be the top heels anymore because we've got, hmm, how do I say this without spoiling too much, another person on the way to fill that agenda, you know? And so, Jared! Bischoff! <laughs> yeah, sure. Can you imagine? Where's Briscoe? Fucking main eventing. <laughs> um, and so get Big Mummy down here. <laughs> we've got to have something for these guys to do. So let's not book them in storylines individually to get their characters over. We'll just make them do comedy shit together. It'll be fine. Who should, should we put them in the the the, the scene with? Uh, oh yeah, let's let's put them in a feud with you know the tag team champions. Why the fuck not? Not we've got a tag division to book. I do have a thought behind this, and I know. Yeah, I know you you will probably shoot down the idea of this. But I think putting them together was supposed to try and get Ares to have a little bit more personality. Yeah, maybe. Because Bobby Roode, when he'd had his It Factor character for what they had in TNA, was a very good character for him and it worked quite (laughs) well. Whereas Ares' promos, it's, it's very difficult to believe him because, you know, he's a prick. But I think putting him with Rude was more of a case of to Bobby Rude going, look, we need he will need your help. 
and by putting him with you, we can make him a bigger star by association with you. Because if they just sent Ares off by himself, it would have been a shower of shit. Yeah, I know you're not a big Ares fan, whatever. During this time period, I thought he was quite good as um, the dastardly heel. Like he got really, really over as a face. I think they put the belt on him even as a face, and then he like immediately turned. And I think that's where we are now. And I think they swap him back and forth a couple of times. And that's what you're doing here with putting him in the tag with Rude is that, yeah, maybe bringing out personality and stuff. But you're going to turn him face if you keep doing comedy stuff. If you keep being entertaining. People are going to cheer you. That's how fucking entertainment works. You know what I mean? If you're good and you're interesting and you make people laugh, they're not going to be like, boo, you bastard. You made me laugh, you prick. <laughs> Which is what they're meant to be doing. They're fucking heels, you know? I still don't like him. <laughs> Banana in a pocket. What what sort of fucking gimmick's that? Lost me completely. Is that a thing? In WWE, in WWE, his gimmick was he had a banana in his pocket and he just took it out and ate it. <sighs> fucking great. And during that time period and post that, like he just seems gone off the rails completely. And he had that moment where he walked out on impact later on and just like, oh, disaster. But, you know, 2013 Austin Aries, I was kind of into it. He's got a shitty little cape. So does Mad Kurt. <laughs> another fucking video package because you can never have enough you know we paid that guy to do them so we've got to show them um, Jeff Hardy slow-mo set to awful cheesy music and I do mean awful and commentary shouting things note that during this highlight package they had absolutely no quotes from Todd on commentary that's because they need to have people shouting to go over this terrible emo rock song in the background that's probably something else from TNA's music division can you imagine your editor going through like hours and hours of footage going, right, we need these moments of like commentary screaming these great moments. And every time you get to Todd, he's like, oh, and Jeff Hardy has won the match. <laughs> Jeff Hardy is lifting their belts. Jeff Hardy is walking to the back. <laughs> he's just like the most descriptive commentator of all time. Oh, but like Willow in the worst in the way. Wisp. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, Bellator's on after this. Jeff Hardy walking backstage with two wobbly cameras. Ooh, two wobbly camera stacks. <laughs> budget. Budget increase. Oh, it's fucking great. Jeff has his ugly fucking belt. Jeff knows who Chris Daniels is. You bloody hope so, to be fair. Uh, and Jeff is going to show the world who Chris Daniels isn't. And I'm like, well, like Jeff Jarrett or something. <laughs> He is not curry man. He's a not a spot. He's a not a spicy. He does not taste great. Curry man. What a gimmick. This poses the question, Tax. Is Jeff Hardy about to show everyone that Chris Daniels is indeed not a shark? <laughs> He's a man. <laughs> Such a quote. I'm about to show the world who Chris Daniels isn't. Like, okay. <laughs> Thanks, I guess. I don't know what we meant to say to this. That, that, I mean, let's be honest. There's literally nothing else we can say about it. It's just one of those... Uh, again, the, the value of a scriptwriter yeah. in some instances. Well, it's been half an hour, Tax, so, you know, we better have another wrestling match. We do need matches on a card. Mm -hmm. <laughs> on a wrestling show. You know. It's Bobby Roode versus Dangerous Max Hernandez with Chavo Guerrero by his side. Fucking hate Chavo. <laughs> I'll just give me your moment to see if you want to say something. Good stuff. Although, in fairness, um, my daughter still plays with the uh, 
the Chavo and Conan action figures. And nice. they go to the gym together to lift weights. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> after, she's, after she's heard mine and Matt's joke of continuing saying, go to the gym and get massive. I said, what are Chavo and uh, K-Dog doing? They're going to the gym to get massive. <laughs> <laughs> we then take them to the Playmobil hospital and inject them both. <laughs> and then they've come out massive. <laughs> no, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, sure. Uh, Todd and Tanae put in the match over but Taz is back and has to cough into the mic to get himself over for a few minutes be like <clears throat> you know I'm here right as Todd and Tanae are still trying to put the match over and Taz is like <clears throat> and like shut the fuck up Taz <laughs> I mean he's got to he's got to uh, got to lay his claim hasn't he he's, he's got to let people know that he's there because he's back from his important call avoiding Bully Ray and the Brooke Hogan yeah so Rude is making his entrance. Taz is putting himself over, not the match or Rude, because TNA. Chavo Hernandez's music comes out, and they come out, and their music is fucking terrible. It's like the worst ripoff of a Wolfpack theme. It's just, it's really grown. <laughs> just it's worse week to week, the music. Like they have some great music, but it's definitely reserved for the top guys. Yeah, Peroxygen. Yeah, exactly. Peroxygen by Jeff Hardy. Yeah, that that's the top music. It's fucking great. Uh, Taz asks, us, "How bad was the commentary tonight?" And I'm like, "Yeah, <laughs> like most nights, mate." <laughs> Fuck. Uh, graphic on screen for lockdown again. Good, they're promoting their own stuff. But did you know Bellator's on after this? Uh, commentary are just uh, putting over Taz and the Aces and Eights bollocks all the way through this fucking match. Uh, also, Rude and Hernandez are having a match. I'm saying it because someone fucking has to. <laughs> and Hernandez is working mildly safe. Yeah, sure. Commentary don't re- mention this match at all. I'm not exaggerating. It's they don't talk about the fucking match that's happening. It's so no, stupid. It's, it's only the finish yeah. that they actually notice something's going on. Yep. <sighs> Aries out to move Rude out of the way of a potential Hernandez dive. Doesn't actually do the dive. Ares and Rude shove and shout at each other. Charvo goes after Ares. Rude. Oh, fucking Charvo. <laughs> attention-seeking prick. Rude goes around the other side of the ring while Hernandez is distracted. Gives him <laughs> <laughs> the best finisher ever. Gives him a bulldog for the one Two, three. Huh? <laughs> a deadly bulldog from the It Factor to big, big Sean Hernandez. And the good thing is, like, Hernandez may claim he's distracted just watching Charvo and Aries fight about who's the biggest cock. Um, and he was like, I haven't hurt either of those two tonight. It's been a good night. Bobby Roode runs behind him. He's like, wee, little bulldog. <laughs> One, two, three. It's it's fucking the rocker's setup move. It's the finish. <laughs> I guarantee you we won't see that move again <laughs> in this run of Aces and Eight shows. Tanae, the fucking mark that he is, goes, oh, I think we just saw a swerve. And I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake, guys. Really? Is this necessary? Like, it, it's a TV show, guys. You're watching entertainment. Way. And also tonight, it's called a bulldog, not a swerve. <laughs> That's my point. In that, if you called the move or called it like it was a sport, like you, so you can somewhat suspend your disbelief 
and enjoy the story that at least they're attempting to tell not that you can with this bollocks but just immediately to be like hey it's booked it's fake it's a swerve wrestling i was like oh why come on it wasn't awful the the, the finish is stupid but it's there's something happening here i guess as we've been talking about they've got two heels who are kind of shoving each other and i'm like oh where's this going and then they just pin him and i'm like off of bulldog I'm like okay fair enough but you've got heels and faces we know which is which the rude and aries argue with each other even post-match and you know chavo jumps in to check on hernandez he's okay from that lethal bulldog he just took <laughs> At least Tanae on commentary didn't try and do what he did in like mid nineties, late nineties WCW, where he'd try and put over the the damage that move did you? Oh, and that bulldog, it would have hyperextended the uh the trap and the neck muscle as uh, Hernandez's face was driven right into the ground and clogged up an artery in his left ventricle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or being like, Cito Con Conquistador to use that as a finish in 1922 in Mexico, and it's a lethal bulldog extravaganza. <laughs> like, making shit I up. believe it's called a tope El Conhilo Woof Woof. <laughs> 25 minutes still to go on this show. Well, until Bellator. <laughs> We've only got one match left on the card. Uh, the match for the Impact TNA World Heavyweight Championship. The Impact Intergalactic Jeff Hardy Willow the Wisp generic strap. Sure. So obviously we cut to cut Angle with the wobbly cameras walking backstage. Uh, so Angle's new gimmick here is that he's the cyborg Kurt Angle. Yep. Does it, he's a cyborg, is don't you know? Not having just Kurt Angle good enough. They have to call him the cyborg now. Because he's so robotic in the ring. <laughs> I mean, during this time, you know, fucked up neck and everything. Yeah. <sighs> Replay of lady wrestlers having to be slots to keep a job in TNA. It's great fun. Tits and beaver, tits and beaver, tits and beaver. Tits and beaver. Another video package, because of course, it's the Angle Aces Nate's cage match previous thing with Mr. Anderson being a heel and... Bloody bloody blah, blah. Angle out to the ring now. But th- th- we had as as we haven't really dipped in on this, so obviously we had our little background in the first episode of this Ace and Eight's uh, run, which you can visit at worldwrestlingpodcast.com if you want to start from the beginning. Um we hadn't actually seen footage of Ace and Eight's taking out Kurt Angle yet. Yes, we have. And show. having brisk no, we because that was Genesis. <laughs> we went, no. we went through. <laughs> okay, cool. No, they didn't. They they didn't show this part. All right, okay. Because we we went through it through through words. Because Ace and Eight's only had one match on that show. It's only since the wedding they become <laughs> only since the wedding they've actually had a main event feud despite being in the company for six months. But in a, in a cat, you know, they they've all run down, and it was the first time I recall seeing Briscoe and Bischoff being involved in this as well, running out to run off Ace and Eight's. Sure, because that's the important thing here. We need to get off. Get off? <laughs> Wait, let's not get them off. That's Brooke's job. We need to get over these two young boys, right? Yeah, that's the important bit here. I don't mean to be facetious cunt about it, but I mean, come on, dude. This this is shit. <laughs> I know they're building to Angle and Anderson, which this whole next segment is, but what the fuck are this Bischoff and this Wes Briscoe kid doing? 
Like, is this the, the young guys we're going to put into the thing to do the thing, right? I'll try not to spoil it. Fuck. But it's important for the context of the overall story that Briscoe and Bischoff are there to help Angle and, and start becoming essentially his followers and gaining Angle's trust, which since Genesis we've not seen anything of because Kurt Angle's been sensible and not wanting anything to do with this company. Sure. <laughs> Speaking of which, Angle comes out to the ring. Uh, Bellator's on after this. Um, Angle tells us he'll get revenge next week and that Taz doesn't know what revenge means. I'm pretty sure Kurt and Taz... Blah, 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 there's a joke there that I fucked up. Anyway, moving on. Kurt will, Kurt will get revenge next week at the hands of Mr. Anderson. So Mr. Anderson's going to get the revenge for Kurt? Pronouns, pal. <laughs> hmm. Angle calls out Anderson. An awkward pause later, and here comes Mr. Canada. Canada. So entrenched in Ace and Eights, he has to have his own entrance music. Yeah, exactly. From the Nacho stand out the back. Uh, Anderson says things and jumps Angle. Angle runs off Anderson. Angle tells us it will be one-on-one next week and implies there will be no interference. <laughs> You see what he did there? He made a joke. <laughs> It'll be Angle versus Anderson in a steel cage. Because that Can he do that, Joey? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The whole, like, you know, there won't be interference. It'll be one-on-one because we'll be in a steel cage. I'm like, didn't you just literally a minute ago show footage from a few weeks ago where you were having a one-on-one cage match with a shit ton of interference. But this time... TNA, 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 TNA. I'm dumb, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, and again, Taz on commentary saying, since when we were allowed to do this, when we were allowed to do this, obviously it's still going to happen anyway because they need to sell, you know, next week's show, but attempting to point out that like we make fun of all the time. He can't do that, Joey. Mm. You know, it's open fi- It's open fight night, so I want to wrestle Christy Hemi in a pudding match. <laughs> open fight night. Well, we've got our main event for Manchester next week. Cut angle against Mr. Anderson in a cage. I mean, you know, it's... United versus the Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> they booked a main event at least. And the tickets have already sold, so it doesn't matter if Kurt Angle can't make it through customs. Sure, but it gives you something to get excited about, you know. These guys used to work for Vince, don't you know? I mean, Bellator will, is in a cage, yeah. so yeah, makes sense. Yep. Aces and eights in their little clubhouse backstage. I mean, I'm sorry, in their clubhouse somewhere else. Oh, like... Got a little clubhouse, yeah. boys. Why, oh, little dinkums? Oh, look at your little clubhouse. Why, oh, Tokyo? <laughs> Which, in fairness, must be pretty close to the impact zone because Ken Anson left and then was Maraxley back in the clubhouse. Yeah, you'd think they like, you know, get some TNA boys together and just go beat the shit out of them for attacking you every week, you know? Bully Ray's looking for revenge, but he's being a good face and waiting for Hulk Hogan to tell him he can do it. Mm. Tax. When we cut into this scene and this little, little clubhouse, oh, look at that little clubhouse. <laughs> okay. What does Anderson say to the, you know, prostitutes they have at their little clubhouse? 
all I, all I write in my notes is, Anson yells at hookers. He literally goes, hey, hookers. What a, yep. Isn't that like a rugby term? It is. Maybe they play sports. I was a hooker. You earned, you earned good money. Yeah, unfortunately not. But, <laughs> you know, I'm not that high caliber hooker. So what can I say? Um, yeah, there's, it's, this is a 30 second segment where Anderson's sitting on a little pleather couch thing and Devon's sitting next to him and Anderson goes, hey, hookers. I think he tells him to shut up. And then Devon goes, chill out, man. That's the Have a sip of beer. Yeah, that's literally. <laughs> Have a sip of beer. That's literally the segment. There's, there's nothing else here. That, that's it. Yeah, he, he goes on to say. You don't think I'd let you go into a match without having a battle plan? Well, hang on. How did you know this match was going to happen? So you must have already had a battle plan. Mm. <sighs> 16 minutes left until Bellator. It's time for your main event of the evening. The TN Impact TNA Heavyweight Championship Leather on a Pole something. Crack Jeff Hardy, our current champion, versus Christopher Daniels with Frankie Kazarian by his side and his manager license. Hardy's face paint right here. It's half brick wall and half 70s hippie couch. Uh, again, you know, can't... It's so objective art, isn't it? I mean, it's shit, but it's objective. <laughs> He's got eyes over his eyes, Tax. It's, it's fucking great art. Kurt Angle's got those too for next week. <laughs> <laughs> you know that Sting once hid himself as Sting. <laughs> No, when you put that in the Discord, that was hilarious. I love it, mate. Sting camouflaging himself in a Sting mask is just one of the greatest TNA moments of all time. It's like, oh, it's Sting. You're like, yeah. <laughs> He's wearing a Sting mask. Of course it's Sting. Ah, oh, so good. Imagine, imagine the creative meeting. So Sting, we've got an idea. You're going to be in the crowd and we need you to tonk a chair over RVD's head. But we need you to be in disguise. Oh, I've got an idea. Why don't you dress up as you? All the TNA marks will go, oh, look at this guy dressed up as Sting. I mean, there's a few of them in the crowd, to be fair. So, yeah, we get it. So, did you catch what Taz was saying at the beginning of this match? Well, as soon as they start announcing the match. Something about Bellator? (laughs) Well, yeah, they say lots of that. But Taz literally goes, oh, it's, it's interesting that TNA, sorry, Jeff Hardy's the TNA world champion. Terrible if something bad happened to him at the end of this match. Like, literally calling the run-in as the match is starting. It'd be an awful shame we couldn't explain Jeff Hardy not being in the UK, so we're going to have to write him off for a few weeks. Yeah, but like this kayfabe... Let's find out. This kayfabe of literally spelling it out. I mean, he's obviously seen a TNA match before because we all know there's going to be a run-in at the end somewhere. But literally spelling it out on commentary. I'm like, you fucking douchebag. I'm like, this, I, I've highlighted this comment just to point out that Taz said this at the beginning of the match. So I was like, if if there isn't a run-in, I'm just not going to mention it. <laughs> but if there is, I'll look like a genius because I'm fine. Oh, I'm joking. Borash in the ring to do his best Michael Buffer routine for the championship match. Nice touch, but Borash is no Michael Buffer. He is no... <laughs> I'm glad he's found a good job in WWE. Hmm. Yeah, sure. I always kind of like Borash, but it's just, I don't know, he doesn't bring a lot of, um, 
what's what I'm looking for? Grandeur, I guess. It's no, it's just he, he's not. It's not. Um, it doesn't give you that big match feel, does it? When Borash is doing the introductions. I mean, it'd probably be difficult because they're in the impact zone. You know, it's just the same setting every time. But I like both the guys going into the match. At least you know they're going to kind of call it in a little bit. Daniels has been, yeah, you know, I'd say the best wrestler we've seen across the three shows so far. Yeah, and having to drag a not overly with it Jeff Hardy through a, a 15 minute 20 minute main event I, again he works brilliantly with whatever he's been given hold on. Oh, and hold on. he Did makes you say me believe 25 minute main event 15 to 20 minute main event I'd say the bell rings with 12 minutes left on the show <laughs> just to throw it out there introductions <laughs> but there's shit at the end as well like post match this match is maybe 10 minutes Main event time. <laughs> DNA. DNA. Uh, Jeff cheerleads. Christopher Daniels plays up the chicken shit heel shtick him and Kaz have been doing. It, it's pretty fun. Uh, both lads talk way too much. You can hear them calling spots as soon as the match starts. But, you know, this is recorded and they had a week to edit it. So, TNA. And also, he's got to shout loudly so Jeff can hear him through his comatose ears. <laughs> there is that. Jeff, arm drag. <laughs> Chris, did you notice that Chris Daniels has some of his hand taped up, but not all of it? So he's got like... Yeah, so he can do the middle finger. Yeah, it's well funny. <laughs> it's so stupid that it becomes funny. He's got black tape around his thumb, his first finger, his what, third finger, fourth finger, and his um, baby finger. What's the one before your baby finger called? Your ring finger. Ring finger, thank you very much. His ring finger and his baby finger. So he's got black tape on all of those, but not on his middle finger. So when he holds his hand up flat to the camera, it looks like he's giving you the finger. And I'm like, <laughs> this is a bored man coming up with shit to do backstage. That's well funny. I laughed about this for about two minutes. It's such a nice touch. Yeah, very funny. So silly. It's so stupid that it's great. And uh, do you know what's also so stupid that it's great? <laughs> in australia 48 million kangaroos <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uruguay has three million inhabitants so if the kangaroos decided to invade uruguay each uruguayan would have to fight off 14 kangaroos <laughs> fact <laughs> shoehorned <laughs> as requested well played well played <laughs> I saved it right off the end of the pop just to try and pop you. So there we go. Got it in there. I almost stumbled over most of the wording, but you know, we got there eventually. It's been a long, it's been a long fucking week, mate. <clears throat> Good thing you got to watch this quality wrestling <laughs> to finish it sure. all. Sure. I guess I should probably clarify for our lovely listeners at home. I may be sound a little less lucid than normal because my kids have been waking up at like four or five a.m. every single fucking day for the past couple of months. And uh, we're trying to sell a house, and we're also she started nursery as well, so it's been a joyous week. Uh, I think we're almost there. We've done pretty good. We've just got the end of this match to get through. And then the aftermath. Because, oh, oh, you know, not that Taz will spoil anything, mm. but there might be something that happens afterwards per Taz's instruction. Taz tells us that Hardy is the best at being a hot dog. Say it. Say it. 
I mean, which one? Hot diddly dog? No. Or there's a hot. You saying hot, he's the, the best do- person at being a hot dog on TNA Impact every week? Who else looks like a hot dog on TNA Impact, dude? Thanks. Okay, babe. It's Hulk fucking Hogan, mate. It's too hairy for a hot dog. <laughs> Christopher Daniels locked in a Koji clutch. Five minutes until Bellator. Uh, Heel Taz on commentary is fucking intolerable to me. I find him so annoying. He's not just noise making Taz now like every two seconds or whatever. He's now being illogical because he's being a heel. And I know heels are meant to lie and he's doing things he's meant to be doing as a heel. But just as a commentator, goddamn, like I just absolutely had enough by the end of this. Just of Taz. I I never want to listen to Taz ever again, mate. Do we want to try and bring up if this is good heat or go away heat? <laughs> For me, it's completely go away heat. It's like he's not going to wrestle. They can't. He can't get his comeuppance properly. It's it's just so stupid and pointless. The whole thing to me. Heyman and Lawler were the best heel commentators. Sure. And and obviously Heenan and and Heenan from a comedic standpoint. I think that's the problem with heel commentators is they feel they need to be deliberately splash up the heel whereas like Lawler he was just cheering on the bad guys and justifying them doing bad rather than just being an absolute ring piece is what Taz is doing on this commentary 100% man um where are we okay both lads run through a full false finish spot so we get you know Jeff, Jeff kicking out the one wing yeah whisper in the wind all that sort of stuff uh Jeff shoves Christopher Daniels into Kaz who's up on the apron because DNA Swanton. We didn't see that earlier with Tara and Jesse either. It's no, fine. Absolutely not. Swanton for the one, two, three. And relatively clean for TNA. Your winner is Jeff Hardy. Um, Decent enough match. Again, you know both guys are capable of significantly more. But they played down the interference. They've obviously had kind of wrangled into their match backstage. It's, 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 it's fine. It's, it's good enough, you know. It's a TNA main event to have their champion go over clean because at no point, even if you were watching this live, would you think Daniels is going to win the belt? No, not at all. Not, not I'm hoping, not, not hoping hell. Taz wasn't impressed with the result though, was he? So, Jeff celebrating his victory. Here comes Taz to talk shit and walk down the ramp. Literally, burst out laughing because i'm like ah, oh, it's happening it's fucking happening <laughs> he literally called it taz goes what you gonna do jeff and i'm like that's not your fucking gimmick <laughs> hogan's literally <laughs> in charge of this company and you're like what you gonna do after fucking stealing shtick earlier in the night as well like taz is the worst at this time man and then out of nowhere because jeff is distracted bully i mean a member of aces and eights <laughs> i but i think the description would be a heavy set male <laughs> in a mask and a cut yeah with a blonde girl at his heels right <laughs> <laughs> she's normally on her knees <laughs> near his heels <laughs> she's not here just to clarify listeners uh so a member of aces and eights hits hardy with a hammer in the back of the knee now this is gonna Can he do that, yeah, Joey? Can he fucking do that, Joey? This is gonna test your gamery meme knowledge here to, to Mr. Tax Williams. I wonder whether you know this one. 
I used to be an adventurer like you, but then I took a hammer to the knee. Tomb Raider. Little fail there, Mr. Tax, but it's okay. Let's move on. Uncharted. No, no, we're not doing this. It's Skyrim. Paperboy. <laughs> it's okay. It's a, just a different world. Like, I get it. It's fine. Don't worry. There's going to be a couple of people out there that probably will find that amusing. Not even very funny. It's just that it's, um, in Skyrim, there's a thing that lots of the non-player characters repeat all the time. They're like, I used to be an adventurer like you, but then I took an arrow to the knee. And it just becomes this cliche of just like, it's just a stupid thing that these characters just keep repeating all the time. So, you know, I used to be an adventurer like you, and I took a hammer to the knee, like Jeff Hardy. They did that in Monkey Island when you were learning to be a sword fighter. <laughs> sure. See, I get Why your not? gaming references. Why can't you get mine? Because <laughs> I played six games and watched five <laughs> films. One of them is Sharknado 2 of Kurt Angle. <laughs> it's fine. So, uh, oh yeah, we're out of here, by the way. That is the end of the show. Classic TNA. Need a bit of a run-in at the end, you know. So just to get this straight heading into next yeah, week, it was what shit. we assume it was potentially. fucking shit. <laughs> Jeff Hardy's been twatting the back of a knee with a hammer. Yeah. Yet that doesn't mean he can't get on an aeroplane. Yeah, sure. It's the drugs that are the aeroplane what a, problem, mate. I mean, this episode, the, lo- the last, last week's episode was funny because it had the hilarious wedding. And I know this has become the norm, but I could try and find good points out of Genesis and last week's, you know, the last couple of weeks of Impact. Crikey, it's hard to find something good in the show. Mm. It's. I'm just quickly flicking through my notes now. And I'm like. The only thing I will say as a positive is that we're now starting to have more and more of a. And aces and eights present in the main event. They're interjecting themselves and they're starting to set up feuds. So we've got the feud with Angle. We've got the feud now potentially with Jeff Hardy as we're getting involved in in this jazz that we've got here. Gallows is still hilarious. Taz wears yellow with his leather. Yeah. Wear orange, Taz. It's your fucking gimmick. Yeah, you would have thought. It's that's just there's no Hogan there's no real Samoa Joe didn't they have AJ Styles at this time they did who else did they have like just hanging around was Christian around in 2013 I I think Christian was back in WWE at this stage but they Mm, had Magnus I think they even had Doug at this time bloody hell as well Um, they've got Kaz they've got Frankie Kazarian (laughs) he was Daniels' manager you're like what They've got so many talented wrestlers on the roster at the point we're getting to. And they just continue week after week to just kind of have these very mediocre matches and these dumbass storylines. And why the fuck are we focusing on getting heel Taz over on commentary? What does this achieve exactly? I wonder if a lot of the talent they signed, this was to do with their appearance-based contracts. And I wonder if essentially they've blown their load leading into Bound for Glory last year and had no talent left. Because if you think on this card, as you said, we had four matches. But every week, we seem to be getting the same talent. Like, we've had Velvet Sky on every show. Mm-hmm. We've, had, we've had the champion Tara on once. Not even in a vignette. Nothing at all. She's, she's appeared once. 
since we've done Terran Terrell has appeared more than our champion. Gotta get this ref gimmick over. That's the really important stuff here, right? Especially with the crotch shots. Yeah. All right. I found the TNA roster from 2013. Okay. Let's just quickly I'll just mention some names. Just to be mentioned people they're not booking. So AJ Styles. Chris. Sa- What's he ever done? Chris Saban. They had D'Lo Brown, but he was an agent, wasn't he? <laughs> uh, Doug Williams. Uh, Elijah Burke. Ethan Carter III. They had um, Gunner from Gunner and Nelson. They had Jeff Jarrett. They had Jeff Hardy. They've been booking Jeff Hardy, to be fair. They had Homicide. They had... Ooh, who else? Uh, Must have Suicide. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, King Mo, obviously. Uh, oh, Matt Morgan. There's a guy that haven't been booking. Um, I mean, the roster's... Oh, Petey Williams. Rob Terry. Robbie, Rockstar Spud. Sanjay Dutt. Shark Boy. Scorpio Sky. Samoa Joe. Wait, Scorpio Sky was in TNA. I had absolutely no recollection of that at all. Yep. Uh, Trent, Tommy Dreamer. Jesus Christ. So there's definitely a bunch of names there that you thought they would be utilizing a bit better than this. It's not as good as I would have thought it would have been. That's the thing. When you were running down that list, you can see why. I mean, if you look at the people with the belts, RVD with the X belt, well, that's given who's on the sidelines that's debatable but i think him aj joe could have been the only people to hold that and for the big belt the main belt kurt sting jeff both of them hardy and Jarrett. yeah sure um this particular show uh this is like a minus four for me it's not minus five because it wasn't absolutely fucking horrifically bad like the last couple of shows, like infuriatingly bad. It's just, again, just a bit tedious, to be honest. I don't get why anyone would tune into this week to week out of choice. Because they don't want to forget that Bellator's on. <laughs> yeah, maybe, dude. And it's just like almost anything but WWE, I guess, a lot of people would have been around this time. I remember a lot of people talking about seeing like the Hornswoggle segments where like he goes to run through the wall, for example, and being like, okay, that's enough. And then kind of tuning over to TNA and sticking with it through these times. Um, I- I'm honestly, I would rather watch Hornswoggle trying to run through a wall. I'm hoping for the next four episodes because they taped the next four episodes in the UK. Yeah. I'm hoping they actually deliver a decent in-ring content for the UK fans because you said with the fans from Manchester and then the fans from London so we've got two tapings in Manchester and two tapings in London from their UK tour they would shit over this had they and I also think if they were preparing for this UK tour hoping that they're thinking we've actually got a paid crowd of over 10,000 people who have come to pay to watch us and the gates genuinely for both these Manchester shows and the London shows were I mean the gates were good. I don't know, obviously, if they papered any of it, but the attendance, and I'm sure we could speak to some of our listeners who, you know, people like Will Power, who said he went to the London taping, so he'd be able to vouch whether or not it looked like a legit sellout or if there's any taping. Sure. T- taping off of areas. But I just hope that they've, the reason why the last two episodes of Impact have been so dire is because they're saving themselves for decent stuff for the, this paid-for audience realm, the holiday makers uh, <laughs> at Orlando Resort florida studios whatever they're at yeah you can see why 
they'd be keen to get out of Florida just in general. It's the crowd. I don't think they do many favors. It feels so stale week to week. Like you could have it here and you could have these fans and you could book an interesting product. But there's there's a reason they're having people like Kurt Angle and Rob Van Dam and Jeff Hardy week to week because these are just people they, they, they want to see, you know. They don't know who Homicide is. They don't know really who jo- even Samoa Joe is, you know. it's But these fans in the UK will. And I, I fully expect these UK shows to be booked awfully and every match to be full of run-ins, but I think there will be wrestling matches, you know. I think we'll get five, six over those two hours rather than three or four. At least that's my hope because they're just going to want to emphasize this crowd. And they will do segments in the ring like they do here as well. But I'm just praying there's less backstage bollocks because this show was maybe 50% backstage and video packages and vignettes and stuff. And they're just not very good. They don't get you anywhere, you know? I did have one point for you to either consider for this week or to consider for future weeks. Go for it. So... Obviously, the only thing I can compare Impact to from a a stationary setting where they are at the Impact Zone is NXT when it was at Full Sail. But people who went to Full Sail were genuine wrestling fans. Do you think... Imagine having the NXT crowd in the Impact Zone for these last two shows of Impact. Do you think having a positive crowd who know the wrestlers, who know the products, who, and a majority of them know some of the storylines. Because, you know, we've, as we said, sometimes crowds make shows. Do you think having an NXT-style crowd in the Impact Zone would have helped these two shows? I wish you could see my face right now. <laughs> Nothing is going to help this company. Nothing can help this awful fucking booking. You could have the most forgiving crowd in the fucking world. They would see this utter dog shit and laugh or fall asleep like I wanted to. <laughs> it's terrible, dude. It's so bad. And like, I don't th- I think second you have Hogan and Bischoff in charge of anything in 2013, you're just like, nope, definitely not. This ain't going to work. This is destined to fail. Do you not think even the in-ring elements and grant i know we've only had seven matches over the last two impacts but do you not think those seven matches the talent would actually want to perform for those paying genuine tna fans if you had an nxt style crowd do you think the in-ring action would improve i think with that fan base or do you think they'd still phone i think it's very little to do with the fan base because i think that you know these are professional guys that are trying to go out and do their best in the circumstances they're in even for these fans, which there there are some genuine fans in that crowd. I know we mocked them a lot, but, you know, there's some dedicated cosplaying fans and stuff out there that, like, you know, these guys really appreciate. You can see them taking the time to slap hands and, you know, embrace these people at ringside and stuff. It's, 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 I think, more about the situation backstage, who you've got to deal with to get your shit done, and being in front of this small-ish crowd and just the stigma of working for TNA. I think that's it. It's been booked so badly for such a long time by this point. And you know that you're going to get shit on by the, the older WWE guys coming in who 
can maybe pop a rating for a little bit but then as soon as people start to get used to them and see that they're not as capable as they used to be and maybe they're not as keen to be here because they're used to you know six to eight to twelve thousand people every night working for vince it's i just think the idea of working for these people backstage and then being booked like this just is so demoralizing for these wrestlers that they're genuinely coming out doing their best week to week but they've just got such bollocks to work with every week that it's impossible to kind of get up for it the only thing i'm happy about is now we've got more build more interaction for the aces and eights <laughs> because obviously that's the whole idea why we're doing the next the the, the 10-week run so there yeah. is you know I, I was worried that we'd get to stages where we'd have shows where nothing from the ace and eights would happen whereas again as as we mentioned at the end of this match a very heavy set member of ace and eights that i don't recall seeing suddenly doing the run-in so again people can start piecing stuff together again i'm not defending this shit in any way but i'm just glad that there is some degree of progression and i'm hoping over the next two three weeks we're going to see even more reveals and interactions before we get to get to lockdown i mean what they're implying is that it could be samoa joe because he's roughly the same size as bully ray and i think that's the only reason he's being booked at all on these shows and i think that's exactly it gets people thinking so what you're pointing out is like, you know, rightfully so, this is why we're doing this series is about the Aces and Eights and such and seeing what it was like. But I think focusing on the Aces and Eights storyline is what's ruining these shows week to week because the storyline is so terrible and the wrestlers they're using are so fucking terrible <laughs> that it's like they've completely lost their priorities with putting the best wrestling show on week to week. They're just trying to tell this story that they're so focused on they're so convinced it's going to be the thing people are going to get over with that even after the big unveil, they're going to be like, okay, what's next week? And they're going to be like, um, <laughs> more of this? <laughs> oh, it's, it's just, uh, just, yeah, it just doesn't work for me, man. I'm trying, I'm really trying week to week and hoping I'm going to see something decent and they're going to surprise me. And God bless British fans. At least next week we get to listen to a crowd. It's been a while, mate. It just highlights the you know, one one of the main things we wanted to see out of this ten ten week well this ten show run was was this angle actually any good? Because if you look back at TNA, their big factions you had Ace and Eight, you had Main Event Mafia, Fortune, which is essentially a more of a spin off of Main Event Mafia. Again, I wish you could see my face right now. No, but th- this is what I'm saying. Their big three factions for what big TNA three. and TNA fans consider to be their big storylines. <laughs> Right, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, not. I'm not. I'm not saying they're good. I'm just saying this is what TNA fans say when they look back as what are their iconic feuds and their iconic factions. Iconic. The whole purpose of doing the next. <laughs> I love it so much. Like anyone would ever consider TNA anything iconic, apart from that one match with fucking Daniels, AJ, and Joe. It's fucking great. I'm not mocking you. I'm mocking the idea of a TNA fan being like, oh, it was so good. <laughs> like how I look back at ECW or something. They called Sting the icon. <sighs> he was iconic. Yeah, sure. He's not iconic. 
Oh, oh, how good was that rumble spot where they went to do it and then Billy Kay couldn't decide? I still thought the whole thing of Billy Kay going up to people going, do you want to tag? <laughs> <laughs> That's really, that was a great rumble, man. Can we, can we end this? I'm tired. Zero cornflakes for me. Yeah, minus four. It's not a minus five, but it's minus four. Still really, really, really bad. Come back next week when we're going to have UK fans. But where can people find you on the social medias and your work? You can find me on the Twitter machine at Fanboy Rich. Uh, what's your new podcast, Tax? Uh, it is at that food podcast. Yeah, me and you. Coach Wicked talk about food. And if you want to cook along with us, check it out or follow the Twitter. Find out what recipe we're cooking and get involved. Oh, I love it. What's your other socials, mate? Uh, I'm at the Tax William. They? I'm at the I'm at the Tax Williams on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. <laughs> Goddamn Jim Cornette, <laughs> motherfucker. Um, I'm yeah at the Tax Williams across all the other social platforms. But the best place to find us is at World of Rest Pod. Uh, check out our archive at worldofwrestlingpodcast.com. And if you like what we do and hate TNA as much as we do, as iconic as this promotion is. Go and buy yourself a t-shirt or a hoodie at Amazon.co.uk. Just search World of Wrestling Podcast. It's the worst wrestling show there has ever been. <laughs> TNA, 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 TNA. Brooke Hogan, megastar of reality TV. The family drama was fascinating. Her dad is Hulk Hogan. A nation was absorbed well the show has launched her or helped launch her music career she's got a second album out it's called the redemption and brooke hogan is here to perform hey yo featuring colby O'Donis. nice yeah. to have you both here thank you so the second album more pressure a little bit not more pressure actually less because i got to write it myself and and work with really humble nice people like colby <laughs> <laughs> and it was just a joy to make so i'm actually really excited about it all right. How's your dad? How's your mom? What's going? Give us a quick everybody's, update on the family. Everybody's doing good. I'm. I'm not. I'm still not really getting along with my mom. Uh, my dad's doing good, and Nick is doing good. He's working for charities and stuff. We're actually going to talk more about your family coming up in the nine o'clock hour. Right now, we yeah. want to talk about the album, yeah. and the album definitely brings in some of your family problems. It right? does. I, it does. I have a song uh, that I titled "Dear Mom." And that was like <laughs> me just having it out with, you know, a piece of paper and I turned it into a song. Oh, boy. Yep. Well, we've been hearing you a little bit this morning. It's terrific. And the name of the song again is? Hey, yo. Hey, yo. <laughs> Your leg out of your leg. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You got to penetrate in the back 
in the path, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute. Yeah, yeah, that, 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 that